Hi, this is Guy Kawasaki. Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 888-835-2414 This is Learning with Leslie. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with an authority blog. (laughs) No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. (laughs) I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuels, the authority blogger from learningwithleslie.com. And I have another exciting interview for you today. I'm on the line with Bob Lodick, who started the Christian personal finance blog at christianpf.com with a simple mission, make it save it grow it give it and that refers to money he is taking that personal mission made it made it into a mission for his blog and he believes that there is a much better and higher purpose for our money to build god's kingdom and help others i love it Um, he has managed to penetrate a very popular and competitive niche and not just survive you know not just survive but thrive my goal for this interview is to find out how he did it how we can go how we can learn from what he did and go out and do the same so that's what we're going to talk about today bob thank you so much for joining me on the line today how you doing i'm doing wonderful leslie thanks for having me oh not a problem now i remember it almost as if it was yesterday it was Wait, I'm a, was it 2008? I say I remember it almost as if it was yesterday, <laughs> and I can't even remember the date. But it might have been the the ending of 2008, but I think it was the beginning of 2009 when we first met. And when we first met, you asked me to do an interview. You interviewed me on your podcast, and I mm-hmm. came on there, and something really amazing happened. And I want to talk about that first. Can you remind me what that is? Or, or <laughs> not remind me, but for those that are listening, um, can you share that story with them? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, like you said, I interviewed you um, when you were running the uh, freebie blog. Yes. And, uh, and I was asking you about that. And long story short, somebody else in my niche, a uh, guy named Phil over from PT Money, wrote a post. And it got picked up by MSN. And actually, went was wildly popular over at, at the MSN Money blog. And um, and anyway, in his post, he linked to my article uh-huh. uh, or my interview with you, and then uh, which sent over some nice traffic, and then which in turn I believe sent you some traffic. So it was kind of a nice win-win for all of us. Oh, it was a huge win-win. And if I remember, um, the the article was entitled something like "52 Ways to Make Some Extra Money." Yeah, something and, like that. And it listed our interview as like number 13 on that list. Mm-hmm. And one day I remember waking up and checking my opt-ins because I had, you know, I, I normally at that point, you know, get one, two, three, maybe four or five opt-ins a day. And then I remember waking up and I saw a hundred and something opt-ins <laughs> and I thought something was wrong with Aweber. So I'm trying to figure out what in the world is coming, what is going on. And I realized that a lot of them were coming from you. And I sent you an email like, yo, 
what, what, what's the deal? <laughs> and you, you related the story to me, but it's interesting yeah. to see how your, an interview like this uh, can yeah. lead to so much that we never expected. So that's, that's just pretty awesome. Yeah, it was good. Awesome, awesome. So you, you have this blog at christianpf.com. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get into blogging in the first place? Well, for, you know, first of all, what, what is that blog about? Let's answer that question first. Well, yeah, you covered it a bit in the intro, but basically it's, it's personal finance, um, and we're, we're approaching it uh, using, uh, basically, basically using the Bible, and, and we're, we're focusing on just doing things God's way and, um, and just looking at things in light of that. So that's kind of the goal and the purpose and kind of the differentiating thing uh, in the personal finance niche for us. All right, so that's what your blog is about, um, and I like the angle that you come from because it's something that um, it, it appeals to me. It's not just you know make money online. It's not it's not just about the money, but it's the money with a purpose. It's mm-hmm. it, it's it's to fulfill something greater, um, which I think is the high the highest calling really. Um, yeah. But let's talk a little bit about how you got into blogging in the first place. Um, you know I. I, I talk about this story, but it was funny. Back in, I guess it was early 2007, I was talking to a friend and saying I had this idea for a website that I wanted to start where I was going to put up like an article every day and just go back and do it every day. And and I thought I had this brand new, awesome idea for a <laughs> website. And he's like, that's a blog. And uh, I'm like, what's a blog? I, I didn't even know what a blog was. He's like, well, that's exactly it. It's you just put something up every day. It's uh-huh. like a new article or post. And uh, it's so anyway. So that was kind of how it started. Um, but you know, I was trying to decide what topic I wanted to do, and I was really passionate about personal finance. I was learning a lot, uh, you know, for myself at the time, and really trying to get my own personal life. Um, optimized and, uh, you know, and get out of debt and, and really do things a lot better financially. And, uh, and so it just made sense that that would be, you know, the thing that I would blog about because I was so um, enveloped, you know, with it at the time. Now, now uh, at that point, you were pretty, m- you were very much in debt, right? Um, I'm try- I don't remember exactly how much debt I had at that point. I- I've kind of forgotten the timeline of, of when I had everything. But <laughs> you, you try to when- forget those memories, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when we got married, we had a lot of debt, uh-huh. and we we brought we each brought a lot of debt into the marriage. Uh, a lot of credit card debt, you know, car debt, um, student loan debt, all those different things. And um, and so we spent the first few years of our marriage just you know hunkering down and just doing everything we could to pay that debt off. Now at that time, now let, because sometimes we hear these stories and we say, "Great, let's move on." But what did it feel like knowing that you had? And I'm asking it as if I don't know the feeling. I know the feeling. <laughs> um, but what were you going through? What was your response to having all that debt? Uh, you know. It's not fun, you know. I mean, and probably most people listening, nearly everybody listening knows. And uh, you know, I mean, the Bible says that the borrower is slave to the lender, uh-huh. and you know, and honestly, it feels like that a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you have a lot of debt and you're, you just feel this burden on your back. And um, you know, in the opposite side of that, which I can now talk about, is that once you're out of that debt, it's just a really liberating feeling. And, um, 
you know, and it was something that we had to fight for for a long time. But, you know, now now that we're debt free except for our mortgage, nice. um, you know, it's I'm really glad that we worked at it because uh, it was hard and we had to give up a lot and sacrifice a lot. But um, but but I, I'm really glad that we did go through uh, all, some of those uh, challenging times and we fought through. Gotcha. Now, are you from the, the Dave Ramsey School of Personal Finance? Uh, I mean, I, I, I like Dave. I like his book. Uh Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, yes, I'll say yes. Yeah. And I'm, I'm asking that because I remember, um, when I first got exposed to Dave Ramsey, my, myself and my wife, we saw his stuff. We, we got his, um, uh, I forgot what you call the, the training that he does, but we got the DVDs, um, and and we were really impressed by what he taught and we we started mm. implementing a lot of those things in what we're doing because we're also trying to get out of debt we can't claim to be debt free as yet because um some of those student loans uh, are, yeah. are are almost like a mortgage <laughs> i know <laughs> but we're working at it and you know his, his system is a, a very cool system and we we've gotten a lot of value out of it and still practice a, a lot of the things that he teaches yeah. um okay so you you were very much in debt uh and and you started this blog now you're out of debt and i'm i'm not saying that because you started a blog you're out of debt um but what are some of the things that you had to give up let's talk about that a little bit in order to get out of debt because a lot of times we look at people that are blogging or people that are running online businesses in terms of not the things that they had to hold back on but all the things that they get to buy they get to take trips to the bahamas and sipping on some kind of a drink or whatever the case might be what what did you have to give up in order to accomplish your goals or what yeah. are some of the things you had to give up yeah, well, you know, I I, uh, I got an email from a reader, I want to say maybe a year and a half, two years ago, I'm not sure, and she was kind of getting on me and saying that I kind of didn't have any right to to write about uh, topics like this, like being in debt, because I couldn't relate, and, <laughs> and that kind of just fired me up a little bit, because I'm like, listen, I'm out of debt now, but believe me, I, I've, I've been through a couple things, and so I wrote a post, kind of in response, um, and it's more like a poem, and it's just called I Remember. And in that post, I talk about a lot of these different things that we had to give up. And uh-huh. so, you know, I, I remember, uh, you know, I remember, I distinctly remember many times being at the gas station and, you know, having to fill up only a quarter of a tank uh-huh. and, and doing things like that because we didn't have enough money um, be- while we were trying to pay off our debt, we didn't have enough money to to buy a full tank of gas because we were so focused on paying off our debt. And, mm. and we chopped our grocery bill down so small, you know, to where there were many weeks where we just had to be really, really strategic and, and smart about what we were buying. Um, I mean, there were so many times where I wanted to go out to dinner with my friends and I'd go out with them but didn't buy any meals. And, you know, I mean, just... A lot of sacrifices like these, um, where it was not fun, but but it was it was worth it, you know. Mm. Mm. That that that's that's inspirational to me. Um, so you started a blog. Let's let's get back to the blog. I got sidetracked by the story <laughs> there, um, but you started a blog, and w- you started it in two thousand and eight or two thousand and seven. When did you start it? Uh, I started playing around in early 2007 and officially launched it in June of 2007. Okay, so 2007 you launched a blog. Was it an instant success? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. That's the story that we like to hear. It was an instant success. What's wrong? No. How it did wasn't. it go in the beginning? Um, you know, I don't. I don't remember the exact details of of you know what was going on and how much traffic I was getting, but but I was oh, I got into this when I started this. I I could not believe, and I was so skeptical about how I could ever get anyone to come to my website other than my family. So that when I started it, and even when I was getting five visitors a week, I was like floored. I couldn't believe that five people from <laughs> around the world were coming to my website. I didn't understand why. And so it was easy for me to be excited about the growth or, or like the, the, the really small um, steps because uh-huh. I, I just didn't have really high expectations. Um, you know, and so, so it's a lot easier that I didn't hear um, <laughs> some, some absurd promises of being able to get 10,000 visitors uh-huh. you know, in a month and stuff like that because uh, I, I wasn't thinking anything like that. And I wasn't I didn't even I, I couldn't even dream that far, you know. Yeah. So so I wasn't getting a whole lot of traffic at the beginning at all. I mean, I, I'm sure it was just a few visitors for for the first month. And then, you know, incrementally each month grew a little bit. And that was enough to keep me going. OK. Now, when you started it, did you intend for it to become a business? Did you did you is that what you were looking at? You started this because you wanted to make money and that was going to help you get out of debt. Or were you looking at it just as something to track your progress? You know, I don't I, I think that it was in the back of my mind that potentially I could make some money from this. Um, I honestly don't remember exactly what I was thinking back then, um, but I, I, I don't know. I think that was in the back of my mind, but I was just, for some reason, I was just kind of compelled to write and to share what I was learning about personal finance. So, so I, I was kind of keeping track of my progress, but, but that wasn't like the, the primary focus of the site either. It was just, I just wanted to get some of this out, you know, uh-huh. I, I, I was, I was being helped and I was learning and I just wanted to share it. And, uh, you know, and I was, I, I'm sure somewhere in my mind I was hoping that I could at least generate some kind of side income from this. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I, I don't, I had no idea of what was to come. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so you started it. Um, it wasn't an instant success, but eventually things started picking up. Uh, when I look at your blog right now, I see join 22,788 subscribers. That's a lot of subscribers. Uh, so how did you get from, you know, I have this blog. Yes, maybe five people are going to check it out today. And if they do, whoa, this is awesome. Five people check out my blog to now where you have so many thousands of people um, that are getting exposed to your content. What were some of the keys to that process? Um, you know, it, it's a brick by brick process. And, and I viewed it as if I can just do one thing each day that's going to push this you know, push this thing forward or, you know, or from building a house with bricks. And if I can just put on one brick each day and just keep doing that and do it over a long term, something is going to be built, uh, you know, a few years down the road. And so now we're just about five years down the road. Uh And, um, you know, and so that, so just kind of in a real general sense, that kind of consistency and patience, um, you know, while constantly learning and improving, uh, I think has really been a big a big help to what uh, has made this work. And is, is is this something that you do full time now, or are you still working a job? 
Uh, no, I actually was able to go full time with this. Well, actually, I should say in 2008, in June of 2008, I got laid off. Um, hmm. Was not at all making enough money uh, from the uh, from the website at that point to to pay all the bills. But um, I had a little bit of a severance package from my my old company when I got laid off. And so I talked about it with my wife. We prayed about it, and I decided, okay, I'm going to try this, and I'm going to try to push this blog further and see if we can earn a little bit more money from it and see where it goes. Okay, so that was June of 2008. Then in March of 2009, nine months later, um, I finally crossed the threshold where I made more from the blog than I was previously making at my old day job. Wow, awesome. And so since that point, I've been doing, well, yeah, since June of 2008, I've been doing it full-time. Awesome. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what's What's the best part about it? Um, you know, I it's just the freedom. I mean, uh -huh. nothing beats it. I I worked corporate jobs for uh, I guess it was about seven or eight years before I did this, and just being able to work from home or be able to work from the office or being able to work you know anywhere I go and, and travel down to Florida and be able to work just the same as I can right now. It's it's pretty great being having that kind of flexibility. Why why specifically Christian personal finance? I mean, when when I think about personal finance, when most people think about personal finance, the word that comes to mind is not necessarily Christianity. <laughs> why yeah. why was that the way that you decided to go? Well, you know, like I was saying, the the thing about this is I I was really interested in personal finance and you know and for me as a Christian that was a really big part of it and and honestly a lot of what I learned about personal finance came from the Bible mm. and and there there are just a lot of people who have no idea that the Bible talks so much about money and and so I don't know I just kind of felt like that was a unique angle that I could put on this and at the time I wasn't aware of any other personal finance blogs that were you know, kind of focusing this way and, and kind of uh, shining that kind of light on it. And so to me, it just made perfect sense that um, this would just kind of be a good way I could differentiate myself and kind of provide something somewhat unique and, and add some value to uh, what was going on. And, and that's the part that I wanted to get at, because I know that personal finance, even when you started your blog, that's a very competitive niche. Um, mm -hmm. and, a, and a lot of people think about going into blogging about making money online and personal finance because they know that there's a significant amount of money in it. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why I think a lot of people do it. And, and they get stuck because they're doing this personal finance blog or this make money online blog. But everybody in the world is doing that. At least it yeah. seems that way. Um, but by having that unique angle... I think that really gives you an edge, and it seems as if that did work for you. Yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. Having a differentiating factor, I mean, some way of differentiating yourself from the crowd is really important. Um, you know, and, and for me, that was, that was one of those things that really helped differentiate me and set me apart. Uh, you know, and, and I think that's been a big factor in the growing subscriber uh, rate and, and things like that as well. Okay, let's, let's talk traffic because um, that's probably the, the, the hottest thing that everybody wants to know about. They have this great blog, it has great content, uh, at least they think it, they have a great blog with great content, but they're not getting any 
people to check out their site. What are the things that you do that you did in order to get people to your site? Well, one of the things, speaking on a general sense, one of the things that I have that I learned from somebody smarter than me was to focus my energy on what was working and, and and finding those things that were going well and to continue to dump more and more of my time and energy into the things that were yielding fruit. And so for me, one of the things earlier on that I noticed that was working was was search engine traffic. I was getting the majority of my traffic from search engines and and uh, one of the guys who introduced me to this whole online world, um, he he taught me about SEO from the beginning. Uh-huh. And so it was just something that I kind of had a little bit ingrained into my thinking as I started blogging. And, um, and so anyway, so for me, what that thing was was SEO. And that's what I, I ended up spending more time and focusing more energy on it. And as I did that, I just, you know, it just continued to snowball to where I was getting, you know, a really good chunk of traffic from search engines. And, and you know, and that fueled the whole thing because I was getting all that traffic. I was able to make more money. And, you know, and in my case, after I got laid off, I was able to pay the bills and uh-huh. not have to go back out and get a real job. Um, so, so that was one of the, the big things. And, um, and we can talk specifics about that a little bit if you want. Yeah, I do want to get into some specifics because I, when I think about SEO and I think about personal finance, I think to myself, oh my word, you're trying to, 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 to drink water out of a fire hydrant and it's just not going to work because there's mm-hmm. so much coming in there. There's so much going on there. Um, so let, let's dr- drill into some more details. Mm-hmm. Search engine traffic is valuable traffic. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's it's probably the number one referred to my site. Um, mm-hmm. But how do you do it in such a competitive niche? What are some of the steps that you've taken um, to 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 rank well in the search engines? Yeah, the thing about it, uh, I mean, you're absolutely right. The personal finance niche is a very competitive niche. Um, and like you were saying before, a lot of people do get in it just because they find out that there's money to be made there. And I, uh, when I got into this, I was so naive and just had no idea. I mean, I honestly had no idea that this was a good niche to be in, you know, as far as what you could earn. But, um, but anyway, you have a lot of people coming into this niche who are trying to, to get in here and, and there's a lot of competitive keywords, but one of the things I chose to do was not to go fight with these big boys over these keywords, and I would just go after easier victories. And um, there's a quote from Warren Buffett where he said something to the effect of, um, I don't try to jump over you know, six-foot bars. I try to step over one-foot bars. Mm. You know, and the idea here is that there's there's easy victories out there, and even somebody like Warren Buffett, you know, with everything he has going on, he still looks for easy victories rather than fighting in the really competitive stuff. And so for me, that uh, as far as SEO goes, that translated to long tail keywords. And so while everybody else was going after keywords and trying to rank articles and posts for like credit cards uh, or debt consolidation, it's like I would go after a seven or eight word keyword uh-huh. um, because the chances of succeeding in ranking for that were so much better. And, uh, and that was a lot of what, you know, I think caused me to get a lot of search traffic um, when other people weren't able to. Okay, I want to I drill down even deeper. 
Um, okay. Because I want to I want to make sure that my listeners are getting the most value out of this as possible, so that they can leave and say, you know what, I'm gonna do that thing that Bob said. Um, what specifically are you looking for? Are you looking for a, a certain number of searches? Are you looking for a, a, a certain level of competition? What is that? W- what is it that you are looking for when you decide I'm going to do some keyword research um, to grow my blog? Yeah, well, the thing that I look for, I mean, and, and, and this is so funny to me because I people don't don't believe that I do this, but it really is true. It's like anytime I'm doing keyword research, I am literally looking for anything that sends any visitors. So I don't go into the search or any of the keyword research tools and look for the stuff that has the most searches. I go in and look for something that's relevant to what I'm writing Hmm. about that has a long tail keyword. And I don't care if it gets five searches a month. That's fine with me. And the reason I I use this uh, technique is because Say I have this seven-word, um, you know, keyword phrase that gets five searches a month. What happens is, or what I've noticed over and over again, is that if I'm ranking number one for that seven-word phrase, what'll start to happen is I will be start ranking, you know, number two or number three for like a five-word phrase included in that seven-word phrase. Mm. And then what happens is. You know, it slowly as I get more links back to that article and I link to it from my own site, slowly those two and three rankings for that five word phrase will become a, a number one ranking for that uh-huh. five word uh-huh. phrase. And then I'll start ranking, you know, maybe three or four for a four word phrase within that uh, seven word uh, article title. And, and, and anyway, so, so the way it's worked for me really, really well is. I can just start with this long tail phrase and just make sure I'm ranking number one for that. And then as soon as I do that, all of a sudden, you know, all these other related keywords, I'll start ranking higher and higher for. And so I've done this and I've had some articles where I've started um, with literally seven or eight uh, word phrases. And, you know, a couple years later, as I'm still doing this, I might be ranking for a two word phrase that was extremely competitive. And, and anyway, I've just seen this happen over and over again on my site, and uh, and, and so that's kind of like my secret that I'm giving you here. That, yeah, that that's awesome. So it, it's not as as you know, we look at the, the the keyword research and we see all these competitive terms and we say, okay, I want to rank for these, but you're saying the exact opposite. I want to rank for something that's a long tail keyword um, that has maybe seven, eight, maybe even nine words in the in the keyword phrase, but hardly any competition. And yeah. you look to rank for many of those as opposed to a few very competitive terms and very yeah. high search terms. Yeah, and, I, and my hunch is, you know, my hunch is that Google, you know, is kind of rewarding those who are ranking number one because cause once somebody's ranking number one for something and and I'm assuming that they're using their uh, their toolbar uh-huh. and, and everything else, all the other data that they have about all of us, that they're using that to judge what's happening when people are clicking through that number one link and they're uh-huh. looking at how long they're on the page uh-huh. and they're looking at, you know, is this really providing value? And then that's, I guess, giving them some kind of information about other keywords that that article might be well suited to rank for. You know, I, I don't know. I don't have it all figured out about how and why and no one it has does. worked. <laughs> but, but it really has, and I've had it happen over and over again. And so, so that's 
kind of been uh, my big key. Now, now let me ask you this: your your site is pretty popular now. You get a lot of visits. Um, do you still do that keyword research, or do you just put articles up there because you know you it's already established? How does that look like for you? Uh, I still do both. Um, I I mean, now that we have a pretty large uh, you know subscriber base. It's like some of our articles are specifically geared towards the subscribers, and we're not really focused on ranking them in the search engines. Um, but some of our articles, we absolutely do keyword research on, and we are trying to get them ranking. Um, so at this point, now that we have a pretty big, uh, you know, the subscriber base built up, we do some of some of both. Gotcha, gotcha. My, I have a friend that keeps telling me that I need to do more keyword research. And mm -hmm. I, I, I feel as if keyword research is like taking a needle and sticking it in my eye. <laughs> it's just yeah. one of those things that... Uh, and but, but here's the thing. When I have done it, it's made a significant impact on my traffic, especially for my biology site. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's amazing to see what it can do. Now, what tools do you use for keyword research? Um, you know, honestly, they're... they're uh, I've tried a whole lot of different tools, and there, there's a whole lot of great stuff out there. But for me, a lot of times I, I'm trying to do things quickly, and so sometimes I'll use the Word Tracker uh, tool, in which I like their uh, their plugin that they have for uh, Firefox. Okay. And so, so that's a nice plugin that they have built in there. Um, one of my favorite tools right now is KeywordResearcher.org, and that one is specifically. Um, geared towards long tail phrases because it uses the Google auto suggest function and generates a whole lot of long tail phrases which which will give you you know good keywords to go after but it will also give you tons of great article ideas for your site and for your niche so I, I love that tool and is that a free tool um, they I believe they have a free kind of limited version that you can download, um, but they the paid version I want to say is like thirty or forty bucks. Okay. Yeah, I'm at the website right now, and it's yeah thirty nine ninety seven for um, the paid version. Is that something that works on Mac and PC? Uh, yes. Okay, because yeah, the pic I, I have it on both. Okay, the picture that I see is on a PC, so I just wanted to make sure of that. It looks like a pretty simple tool. Yes, yeah, very simple. And it gives you a lot of data. Is it pretty fast? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't had any issues with it, and um, yeah, and I just love it. And as you learn, there's a couple of good tutorial videos on there, kind of showing you how to use it uh -huh. um, to get the most out of it. But um, but yeah, it's really simple. And that I mean, for me, <laughs> I just I like simple. And um, you know, when things get too complicated, it just it slows me down. And <laughs> you know, so so simple is is always good in my mind. Awesome. I think I'm going to check that out because I love Market Samurai um, because it does a full in-depth analysis of your competition and all that kind of stuff. And it, it, it has been valuable for me. One of the things I don't like about it is that it, it can be a little slow at times. Yeah. Um, so it, it, I think it'd be cool to have one that I could just go in and do some really quick research. I don't have to think about it much and just get some quick ideas and maybe then use Market Samurai to drill down even deeper if I need to do that. So I think I'm going to check it out and see see what it's about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually do the same thing with Market Samurai. I, I do like the program, but it, it's the same thing. It's I, Sometimes I need to move a little bit quicker than it moves. Oh, th so. This might just convince me to do a, li a, a little more keyword <laughs> research. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right. Now, 
I, I before we started the interview, you told me that there were certain things that you did to your blog um, that really increased the subscribe rate that you were getting. So it increased your conversions significantly. Yeah. Can you maybe provide me with a few tips that I can implement that would do that same thing for me? Sure. Um, well, you're already doing some of them because you're so awesome. <laughs> uh, but uh, I went to a, a personal finance blogger conference uh, last year, and I talked to a couple people. Um, Which conference a, was that? It was the personal finance blogger conference. It was the first one that they had. With Phil? Yeah. I was there, and I didn't even meet you. Really? I yeah. didn't know you were there. I, I came. Th well, I, only, I was only there for um, the Sunday um, but I came and I saw a few of the presenters and I hung out with Phil for a little bit and I didn't know. Oh man, that sucks. But anyhow, well, I'll be at this one this year. So where is that going to be and when is it? Uh, Colorado in September, early September, I think. Oh, huh, interesting. Okay, so. let's continue. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so I was at the conference and I, I'm not sure what all sessions you sat in, but there were a couple different sessions. And there were some conversations that I had that weekend that it just made me realize it's like I have to focus on my my uh, my subscriber list a little bit more and put some more energy towards that. And uh, at the time, I was getting about 250 new email subscribers each month, which you know I was happy with. Yeah, that's that not was bad fine. at all. You know, it was it was growing, but I decided you know I'm going to really push this and see. If, if I can build this uh, subscriber list, you know, a little bit quicker and a little bit faster. And so, so anyway, so I got some ideas from the conference and I, I got some ideas from other places. I don't remember where they all came, but, um, and, and so a couple different things I implemented, I created on my homepage, just a really big fat um, <laughs> subscription box. It's in people's face. Um, you know, and I still have the the uh, blah, 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 the articles on the homepage um, or the article snippets, so that people can still see what the new articles are on the site and stuff. Uh. But but before they get to that, they have to look at this big opt-in box um, where I have, a, I have a really clear um, message about what the newsletter is about. Mm -hmm. And um, and so anyway, so that was one of really two big things that I did. And, um, and by doing that, I was able to kick my, my subscription rate up 400%. Wow. And so ever since I've done that, I've been getting over a thousand new email subscribers each month. And, uh, I, I still can't believe it. And I'm kicking myself that I, I wasn't doing this for the three or four years prior, <laughs> but, but I'm glad that I've started doing it now and it has made a world of difference. So now have, have you had anyone really complain about it? I haven't had a single complaint. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So, I mean, because I'm at your site right now and it's huge, I don't even see the content. I have to scroll down to get to the content. Um, yeah. and, and I've heard a number of people talk about doing that um, because really that's a, a, it's two things. Number one, it gets you more subscribers. But number two, and this is the way I like to look at it, it helps you to be able to give more value to the people that are coming to your site because I assume yeah. that you're sending them valuable content via your mailing list. So a lot of people think, you know, if I'm trying to get people to come on my mailing list, it might seem pushy and all that. But really and truly, if you're providing value, all you're doing is providing an easier way for you to help that person. 
Yeah. So that's awesome. Okay, so that's the first thing you did. Big, huge opt-in box right at the top. What's yep. thing number two? Well, I mean, it goes right along with that, but but essentially what I did is I moved an opt-in box right at the end of the article. Um, for the longest uh-huh. time, I wasn't taking advantage of that prime real estate um, right at the end of the article when people finished, and it's like, all right, what do I do next? So I basically added a small version of that same opt-in box at the end of the article, and then I also put one up in the left top-hand corner on all of the post pages. So so when somebody goes to one of my article pages, they always see our big box, uh, you know, our big opt-in box on the top left. It's kind of the primary thing. So, so basically, I'm just getting in everybody's face and making it really difficult for anyone to not see the option to subscribe. And, you know, and this is common sense to a lot of us. And, and it, I would have, and honestly, when I was hearing this at the thing, I was thinking, okay, well, that's common sense. It makes sense. You know, just put it more places and yeah, you'll get more. But I guess I had no idea that I could just do these simple things that took me less than a day's worth of work and then suddenly get four times as many email subscribers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. And uh, let me ask you this. Are you using a plugin, a plugin for that or is that coded into your design? Uh, it's coded in, um, you know, and I, I I did some of it myself and some of it, I got help. I'm not the most technical, um, person with, with a lot of that stuff. So sometimes I need to get help when it's a little bit, you know, beyond me. Gotcha. And there's one more thing I noticed. Um, and this is something that I've been thinking about and I've been holding on to my way of doing it. Um, but I noticed that you don't ask for their first name. All you ask for is their email address. Mm-hmm. Was that a conscious decision? Did you always do that? What what what's behind that? Um, it's it's I don't know. It's one of those things where I, I I'm I'm up in the air on because I really. I, I really like keeping things simple and, you know, like I've said, and, and by having every extra field that you have, you know, minimizes the number of people who yeah. are going to actually follow through with it. And so, so I did choose to do that. I know that there are benefits of getting the first name at least, um, you know, so you can kind of address those emails to people using their first name. And in some of my newsletters, uh, other newsletters that I have, I, I do go that route. But but in this case, just keeping, I, I chose just to get the email address and make it as simple as possible to get people on the list. Gotcha. All right. So I want to recap on this before we talk about some some of the other things that you're doing um number one in terms of getting traffic what you do what you focus on is the long tail for seo Mm -hmm. yes you can try to get you know a lot of those popular keywords but there's much less competition when you go for long tail keywords that's in terms of traffic generation in terms of getting subscribers one of the things you did um is basically make it extremely obvious that you are trying to get subscribers and extremely obvious what the benefit is to those subscribers so you have this huge opt-in box the first thing you see when someone comes to the site if they go into your articles they see it in your sidebar. They see it at the bottom of your post so that they can see. And um, if you're not, if the only way for you not to see it is for you to be blind <laughs> yes. or for you to, yes. to completely ignore and say, you know what, I am making a decision not to opt in. Yeah. But you make it very clear that it's there. 
And I think those are very huge lessons that we can all take away from it. Now, I want to talk a little bit about a course that you have um, because it's it's somewhat similar to the things that I do. And I want my audience to be exposed to it because I like what you do. I, 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 I think there's a lot of value in it. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, basically what happened is when I went full-time on this site, I wrote an article on Christian PF just explaining how I, I made a full-time living with my blog. And it became wildly popular. And, and long story short, I ended up getting so many emails about it. People ask me questions about it that I decided, okay, I, I got to cover more of this and talk about uh, or start a new blog, you know, because I didn't want to turn this site into a site about blogging. Um, I wanted to stay true to what it's supposed to be about. So I started another site with a partner, and uh, it's called Blogging Your Passion. And essentially what we do on there is we, we help teach bloggers how to start blogging and how to blog better. You know, and so we have a one-on-one course that is essentially geared towards someone who does not have a blog but who wants to get started. And so we take people through the whole process of setting up a WordPress, uh, a self-hosted WordPress blog, you know, all the technical stuff. We go through all that in step-by-step videos. And then we also cover, um, you know, all the ins and outs of WordPress and, you know, all the simple things like how to start or how to Mm -hmm. write a post and what the difference between pages and posts are and how to add a picture and link and and all these things that I thought were so easy, but we kept on getting (laughs) questions and emails about that. Uh It's like, okay, we got to cover these absolute basics here. And so that's our one-on-one course. And then we have a two-on-one course, which kind of picks up right where that leaves off. It starts covering um, a lot of things like how to start getting traffic to your site, how to use social media, um, you know, and how to start making some money and how to place ads and things along that, along those lines. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, uh, can you tell me what they cost, what the cost of those programs are? Uh, the 101 course retails for 37 but we currently have a 50% off coupon listed on the sales page, and so it's 1850 right now, I believe. Okay. Um, and then our 201 course is $57, uh, but we also are running a promo on that where people can get it for 37 okay, right now. Okay, so it's, it's very um, low cost. Not, that, that doesn't mean low value. Um, it's a very low cost. So if someone is you know, trying to learn WordPress and, and all that kind of stuff, yeah, they can go out there and um, they can you know, try to do all the research themselves and so on. But if they're looking for a very affordable, I mean, very affordable <laughs> way to get into that, um, your course would be a good option. Yeah, you know, and honestly, this is the first time I've offered any kind of course. And so I didn't really know what I was going to get. And my partner, Jonathan, and I, we created these videos um, the 101 course is 22 step by video, step by step videos. The 201 course has uh, like 44 step by step by step videos. They're all like five or ten minutes long, and so this was kind of a new thing for us. And I didn't really know what to expect, but but since we've launched this, I mean, I'm honestly blown away by the feedback uh-huh. that we've been getting, and and it's it's just it's just surprised me because I mean I, I thought it was helpful, but you know, neither one of us realized, you know, how, uh, how much value I guess we were providing that we didn't even realize we were, um, because the the comments have just been kind of overwhelming. So, so yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And and, you know, I, I can imagine that somebody's listening to this and they're thinking to themselves, 
Um, Leslie, why why exactly are you promoting this? Don't you you have a course that does the same thing? <laughs> and and I want to point out there really quick that one of the things that I love about this um, online community is that a lot of times we think about competition. And and in many cases, especially when it comes to blogging and what I do and, and, and what you do, it's not really about competition. It's about helping each other. It's about you helping me. It's about me helping you. It's about us learning from each other. Somebody's listening to this right now and they got something that they can implement to grow their business. Why? Because you weren't stingy with the information that you have. You're, you're sharing that information freely. And that's one of the things I love about it. So if anybody's listening to this and they're thinking about you know, learning about blogging, this is a great program to, to get out there and do it affordably. You can, you can join for Eighteen dollars? You said eighteen fifty? Uh, yeah. Eighteen fifty. Yeah. I, I, I mean, come on. There's, not, there's not much you need to say about, uh, about that. That, that's very good value. Hey, for someone that's out there, and this, I think this is going to be our last question. Someone that's out there that's struggling to build their blog, um, thinking about maybe giving up. They're not sure what to do, and they're, they're just having such a hard time. What would you like to tell that one person? Well, you know, I, I hear stories like that a lot as, as I'm talking to more and more bloggers now. Um, you know, there, there comes a point, you know, and Seth Godin t calls it the dip. Once you get a little bit into a project and it's not quite going as well as you want and, you know, progress isn't coming like you want. But, uh, you know, w one of the things I did, I'll just take a side tangent real quick. When I started this, I... I created a, a separate tab in Gmail that I called like encouragement. So every time uh, I got yes. a nice email from somebody, I just saved it. And I saved it because I knew there would be a point where things would get hard and where I'd want to quit because things weren't going as well as I wanted. And then I could go back in there and read all these emails, these testimonies from people um, who are real people. It's not just an email. It's a real person uh -huh. who was being helped and benefited by what I was doing. And just having that there provided me so much more fuel on those days where I did feel like quitting and where things weren't going as well as I wanted. Um, you know, it just helped me step back beyond, okay, well, I didn't grow my traffic this month, you know, but look at this guy who, you know, had his life changed by something that I wrote, an article uh -huh. that I wrote, or look at this woman who was really encouraged, you know, by something I wrote the other day. And, and if you think about that and you can see beyond the numbers and see the actual people who are being helped, you know, honestly, you know, even if you only have 10 people coming to your site each month, but you're legitimately offering value and helping them, um, you know, it, you can really stay encouraged just by knowing that you're you're helping these people and providing value. You know what I mean? Oh, I definitely know what you mean. I do the same thing. Um, I ha for my biology blog specifically. Um, I have a folder that's exactly the same thing, and it's awesome to see all the comments that you get from people all over the world. I mean, I I stopped counting at somewhere over a thousand emails. Yeah. Um, so it, it it really does help keep you motivated. So I I think the 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 take home from that is to focus on those even the the long tail successes. <laughs> yeah, that's I like that. Hey. Um, I just want to thank you for joining me on this interview, man. I know that my listeners got a lot of value from it. Uh, so thanks a lot, man. Oh, no problem. All right, guys. Hey, you heard the interview. You got the value. If you want to check it out, 
um, go to bloggingyourpassion.com. I didn't even mention the fact that it has one of my favorite words in there. Two of my favorite words in there, blogging and passion. <laughs> so that's a great combination. Um, so head on over there and check it out. If you want to see his blog and what he's doing over there, there's a lot going on over there. Uh, you can check him out at christianpf.com. want to let you know that this program is brought to you by becomeablogger.com. You know the drill. You know the deal. You know what it's all about. I want to ask you, um, to, if you found value in this interview, come back to the blog. Come back to the blog and leave your feedback, leave your question, leave your comment, or you can call the hotline and um, leave your feedback or your question there. I'm going to play that number again at the end. So that's really all I have to share from this episode. I enjoyed it a lot. I hope you did too. I hope you got a lot of value from it. This is Leslie Samuels, the authority blogger from learningwithleslie.com. And until next time, take care and God bless.